Hello and welcome to the one, the only, Gaming Booth Show, episode 15. The show that will eventually become sentient and kill us all. I'm Mitch, your host, and joining me is Jordan, who always has a parachute on. That I do, in case I ever fall and like need, need to pull a parachute from a meter, I'll be safe. And Russell, who does not. I mean, you know... Live it, live and learn. You just, you just gotta live, live and learn. <laughs> Sometimes just living on the edge is the best way to go. Yeah, that really sounds like an edge lord thing. Live it on the edge. <laughs> so to start this podcast, each and every week we explore a little realm, a little realm. It's kind of infinitely big because it's called the multiverse. And this week we're exploring a world called Earth Seven Eleven Three Hundred No Thirty Three S. No three hundreds, only Seven Elevens. A world where all of its inhabitants are connected to a computer simulation of the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. The game which is now on everything, including your own life. Including an Etch-A-Sketch, so it's it's getting everywhere. So we're here to do a job. We've been hired to free the people. We're all about freedom and stuff. So I need both of you to convince... We're basically going to make him the Jesus, like the prophet of this world. And you need to convince them that this is a simulation. And how would you do that? So, so currently, it's an exact replication of what Skyrim is right now? Yep. The current state world. of Skyrim in our world is replicated perfectly here. In, th- in that case, man, all you need to do is just reverse the Bethesda aspect of it. So, it's like, what is Bethesda really known for? Glitchy as hell games. So, you got bugs going everywhere. So, I imagine the reverse Matrix effect. So, Matrix, I mean, you see a glitch. There's always you're convinced, everywhere. You're convinced the world's not real. In this world, you're so used to glitches that when suddenly everything's performing perfectly as expected, something is so off that they're convinced that this couldn't be the real world because something just isn't right. Well, flat out, they're convinced. They're like, yep, you know, it's just. Strong argument. He hasn't. If like, if a horse isn't flying in the sky in front of him, it just it just makes no sense. So Jordan, how are you going to convince your person? Well, for me, it was more like if if you ever felt as though you've had an out of body experience, even though you can't exit your own shell of your body. I can well, exit my own shell. I'm an alien. How well, dare in you? this in a in a click of a button, you can move your eye sockets out from your face to the back of you. What are they so clicking? You can see yourself walk around. That you know, they're just like clicking their fingers or something, doing a snap. Oh, like and, the Thanos stuff. <laughs> well, you could you could say if they were doing that, that'd be a mod, and they've just destroyed everyone. But anyway, that's besides the point. They just it's don't. Wouldn't you find it odd that you're walking around looking at yourself from behind? I mean, for the most part, it's first person. I think if they found out, are you saying there's a way to activate this third person option? There is a way to activate the third person option because in this game you can be third person. Okay, but how do these people activate that power? You need to teach this person how to do that, to access that ability. Well, a long time ago there was someone that accidentally got their eyes popped out of their socket and then they went behind them and was like, oh, what the, now there's floating eyeballs in the sky. This is odd. Okay, and then everyone tried it. But you're you're saying these people can just switch to third person. I want to know how they do it. Is it like an internal thing where they have to just say the right words? Is this no, it just wi- happens. Wizard of Oz, um, tap your shoes a couple yeah. of times and you're suddenly transported out of your body? It just happens. Like, you know, they're just thinking about it and then all of a sudden they th- see themselves from behind. But they don't understand that the world is fake. So how are they going to know that they can stuff out of that world? This person is because very they're so used to their they're so <laughs> used to their regular world that all of a sudden when they start getting pulled out of their own bodies, they're thinking something's up. But they don't know how to do it, Jordan. The, um, they, I have well, to point out, the person you've been given is the Jarl of Riften, and he is thrown you in prison 
for being a liar. And you, your execution is scheduled, so... Sorry about that one. Hopefully a dragon comes up to save me at the opportune moment. That would be Watch that'd be dad. really fortunate. And then you find out you're some legendary hero. But we're going to have to talk about that another time because this podcast, this show, needs to move on and talk about something real. Even though this could potentially be real. Inception! Welcome back to the Gaming Booth Show. So now we're moving on to the news. So I want to start by talking about something that I know Russell hates. And it's not the game. It's a certain part of it because you can now finally 100% complete the Stanley Parable. Because there was an achievement in the game which required you to not play it for five years. And it's now been five years. So now you can actually complete that game i enjoy the developer's commitment to the joke of like oh just leave and come back five years later but as someone who likes to get trophies uh this is more of like a steam achievement or whatever but yeah. it's it's that completionist aspect that will just piss me off if i've just got everything but this one one that's like come back in five years it's like ah oh, god damn it i don't know what i'm doing in five years will i remember this probably not uh, you so might get a post on Reddit I, reminding you about its existence. You'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> come back true. like uh, after five years of platinum being like a thousand games. It's like, why does this game not have a platinum? Oh yeah, I would. I would much prefer half. if it was oh, like a game changing thing, where it's like in five years, there's gonna the game is like going to morph into something else. That, that is such a amazing, Peter Molyneux like, idea, that. though. That is like Molyneux level. Yeah. Like it'll he'll have that idea. He'll try and do it. Won't get all the way. Won't even get half the way. But he'll still go like. This is the revolution. It's like that box but it would just It would just be so amazing. Like, you go, here's an achievement, five years. And you go, all right, five years, just because it's an annoying achievement. And then to come back, and, like, it's not called Stanley Parable. It's like the menus have changed and all this <laughs> other crazy shit. And it's like, what, what have they done? It, it would be such a cool thing. Like, PT level, awesome. That's how good that would be, as an idea. Now, if there's a game developer out there, do this. Just completely redo your entire game just to make a point about a joke or whatever. You could almost say uh, when you first started playing Destiny, come back in five years and you have a finished game. <laughs> You're like, well, I've made three sequels now. What am I going to do? Play this one? <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of games that we were pretty certain last week were getting a sequel, probably still is, but Blizzard have directly pointed out that Diablo 4 will not be at BlizzCon. So the basic quote is basically BlizzCon 2018 is almost here. As we know, we did a speculation thing on it. With rumours flying around about our plans for Diablo at the show. These are very exciting times. We currently have multiple teams working on different Diablo projects. We can't t- wait to tell you about all of them. Except when the time is right. So they're not going to probably... Diablo 4 is looking like it's not happening. But Diablo is definite. Like there is something happening in the Diablo space. Because you don't include in your goodie bag a little Diablo. Diablo 2 Diablo. And not do something with it. So I guess our leading theory now is remasters, right? Um, unless they're lying, which the the way they said it, it doesn't reek of like, oh, this is definitely a lie. They're just trying to cover it, so the announcement's a surprise. I I think it's probably going to be yeah, either something like the the Gears of War pop thing, where it's like something <laughs> really unexpected and surprising, or. It's going to be the other thing that we expect, which is like a Diablo 1, 2, either upraised like StarCraft, they, they did for StarCraft, or even better would be like redo StarCraft 1 and 2 in like Diablo 3's engine or something of the like. Yeah. Diablo 1 and 2, not StarCraft. Oh, did I say StarCraft? You did say StarCraft. 
I mean, that'd be yeah. cool too. It'd look really weird. But... It's a crossover. Yeah. But yeah, so like that would be cool to see Diablo completely redone. Not the way we'd probably avoid it playing like Diablo 3 because that will piss off a large amount of fans. No, they did not, but they made it look no, like they... the big thing. The big thing people are talking about, which is Diablo 4, won't be there. Isn't. More I think or it was less. like Evil Takes a Bit Longer or something. Yeah. Oh, something like that. <clears throat> yeah, good times, good things come to those who wait, but evil things often take longer. Yeah, that's, so, that's exactly it. So to me, it sounds like it's a heavily alluding to Diablo 4 not being there. So, you know, maybe remasters, maybe a boring BlizzCon, maybe all our things are wrong and maybe we're getting pirates. But one thing we are getting in another game called Hitman 2 is the, like, the honor of being able to kill movies most, like, famous Lord of Death. Because it's Sean Bean, or Scene Bean, if you prefer... (laughs) He is their first elusive target. So what that is, it's basically like a limited time. All of the players in the world gang up to try and find and kill this person in their world. So we've seen that. Are they essentially just taking what Fortnite did with Thanos? Or everyone just teams up to kill the one guy? Hitman did it before Fortnite Fortnite did it. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, so you bring up Fortnite here. We We got real answers. But so, I mean, Sean Bean's such a cool one to pick where it's like, I think they even call it like hashtag unkillable or whatever. The undying like, or something. He, oh, the undying, yeah, yeah. Where it's like he's he he's getting killed in like everything he's ever in. Like that's become the meme of Sean Bean. And to put him in this game as like the, the elusive meme. target is such a cool thing to do. Yeah, like that's really cool. It's just, I really hope there's some kind of achievement or some kind of option for like recreating all of his famous deaths. So you get a bow, shoot him a couple times. They, yeah. Bury him alive. For England, James. No, for me. The trailer, they talk about, like, all these ways that you can kill someone. And, like, some of them are definitely ways he's died in movies. Oh, yeah, 100%. So I I do wonder if it'll be like that. It's like, oh, yeah, you can shoot him with multiple times with a bow and arrow or something, or a crossbow or whatever. Like, I I do wonder if they will do that. That that could be an additional, like, cool, um, kind of interesting thing they could do. But, like, talk about people you'd want for that kind of Hitman thing. It's just like... Like, Sean Bean is literally perfect, and it's cool to see that IO Interactive are actually really, you know, we thought when they split themselves from Square Enix, something might not go down right, but it seems to have worked out perfectly for them. I really love, like, almost everything they've announced for this game, where, like, Hitman 1, everything in the original game is getting up with the new uh, Hitman engine, the new, like, mechanics they've introduced, and visuals in this game. If you already own it, you get it for free. If not, you can buy the, the, like, previous season stuff. You know the last game. Oh shit! They do that. Like just got the elusive targets. Yeah, which... yeah. I just want to mention like that reminds me of like what Total War Warhammer did. God, I hate saying that. It's Total Warhammer, but like <laughs> the fact if you own the DLC in the past ones, yeah, that got transported to the new one. You're like, yeah, I love that. So you've got the elusive targets and you've got one other thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the the other one they announced was Ghost Mode, which just Ghost. on like face level, it's. Reminds me the most of Assassin's Creed multiplayer, where it's like Assassin's Creed multiplayer, you're essentially like, I think it was six assassins, and you're essentially given each other as targets, and you've got to like stealthily take each other out without being detected and that kind of thing. This is similar to that, but it's only two people, and one, so one's on one console, one's on another, and you're given the same target, and you have to take it out before they do. And it's basically the race that's who kills the first five the fastest. But what's really cool 
is you're not actually interacting with each other in a physical space. You can see each other, but your worlds are entirely separate. So if one uh, player has blown up like an area, that doesn't affect the other person's area. They can still sneak past that as is. So it's it's this cool idea where it's like you can see what they're doing, but it doesn't necessarily mean you you know what they're doing because you might see their their you know like st- uh, neck chop oh, dude, yeah, yeah. but you can't see the dude they neck chop because that's not where the dude is on your one. Um, and it's, oh, it's, 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 it seems like such a tenseful like race situation where it's like you're trying to beat them, they're trying to beat you, and like being a master assassin. I, I really, really like the concept behind that. that the mode. only bit with it is, I hope, is it has something to do with uh, skill other than just running in. Oh, i got to get there first. Quickly go kill him. Oh, definitely, because it's the game's man. so built around like costumes. Like You want to be taking out people to get past certain areas. Otherwise, they just you shoot the shit out of you. Like, it'll be like, oh, you're in a secure area, you're not in a security costume, everyone will just start attacking and trying yeah, to kill you, and which will Hitman, stuff like, you Agent 47, he's not really strong. So he's like, if he gets shot, mm. you certainly feel like you've been shot. So it's like, yeah. it is built on you have to sneak into these areas properly or just be, I guess, really awesome. <laughs> it's putting that pressure on you because in the main game, you know, you could spend 30 hours t- like tracking down, you know, Sean Bean, the elusive target, to get that kill. Uh, did I say 30 hours? I meant 30 minutes if, if I said 30 hours. <laughs> 30 hours. is like thinking, <laughs> that is a very long time to play a single game hunting a single person. That that would be insane, but you could probably could this guy that all the way around the world. He was on a plane, but I couldn't kill him on the plane. Now that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. But it's, it's the swap where it's like, in the main game, you could take as long as you want. You can do anything to get to that final kill. But in this, it's like you you can only do it if they're super slow as well. So it's like for the most part, it's really pressure time. And uh, I re- I really like how they're building more content out of the maps that they've created. Um, I'm really looking really looking forward to this game. Does the round end when whoever kills them kills them first, or do you still get the chance to kill them if you're second? You still get the chance. It's basically sets a counter. So <laughs> once they get the kill, you have 20 seconds to get that kill in. If you don't. You don't get a point, which means now that they're ahead. But you can still get the oh, point shit. if you manage to pull it off in that 20 seconds. But if you get caught, it doesn't count. So if you shoot them and someone else sees you shoot them, it doesn't count as your kill. Damn. So it's right. like it makes it really tense. And Hey Man 2 mm. comes out on the 13th of November, which is an interesting date because I think it links up with something very perfectly. That comes out on the same day as Spyro the Reignited Trilogy. There's no V in it. But, because it kind of brings up a point, because I really wanted to discuss something about Spyro, and I thought we should discuss the... Like, in the mainstream media, we've seen 3D platformers return from Crash, Spyro, apparently Banjo might be coming back from the indie side of things, looking at it. It's, like, really fascinating to see this kind of come back. It's all, like, the crux of it, I feel like, it started back with Ukulele, where people felt like Rare was basically in a in a rough spot, where it's like they were forced to do all mm. those Kinect games and whatever, and they, they're, they're not, they weren't used for what people loved Rare back in the past for. No. And essentially, a couple of them left went to, and went and made ukulele. And that, that was the start, where it's like, oh man, Kickstarter heats of money went towards it, and it's like, we, this is a game I loved from my childhood, I want to support it, you know, and for that game to come to be. And I feel like since that point, we've seen other games like Hat in Time, where it's like, reliving experiences from the past but kind of moving them forward crash reignited trilogy not reignited the insane (laughs) trilogy that came out that year and it's just yeah well it's it's like crash was that that jump i feel like where it's like when that was making i don't it was insane money basically insane money insane crash insane like it, it was ridiculous and i think at that point activision's like all right 
we I wouldn't be surprised if there's a new crash coming, like a sequel that's I would agree. Think Sonic Mania, where it's like we're we're going back to the original crashes and we're making a sequel. And with Spyro on the horizon, it's likely to do incredibly well as well. Like I'd be surprised. I don't know. It it could do as well as Crash because it. I feel like Spyro's always a better character, but at the same time, I think Crash might have been like outside normal situations where it's like I think there was so much hype behind it that there was all this excitement like building up and whatnot. I mean there's clearly hype about Spyro like there's lots of hype about Spyro Crash is more uh, like a, a puzzle game a, a platformer um, whereas Spyro is more of a collectathon and an adventure which is why I always felt Spyro was the bigger one to me I mean it's a good point to make like Spyro and Crash are different but they're both still they're more or less 3D they platformers. feel the same well, they feel different. Like, Spyro, there's not a big reliance on technical jumps. Like, you have to nail this jump perfectly. Like, Spyro's very, like, it can glide. You know, the levels are more grounded, like, literally, because there's not too much space. Like, it doesn't rely on you missing. If you miss this platform, you're just sent back. You're not running out of lives or anything. Spyro's very, like... I guess is a very laid-back 3D platformer. It can't be challenging at points, but it's definitely more laid-back. In comparison Crash. to Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> it's certainly simpler in comparison to even, like, Banjo-Kazooie, where, like, Banjo was, like, the collect-a-thon of collect-a-thons. Like, that's what Ray did. Conquer. Donkey Kong. Like, it's all those... All those games are, like, very much, like, there are so many things to collect. Where Spyro is more manageable that, like, there's the main... Get through the level. That's, yep. like, technically the main focus. And then on the side, you can, like, oh, there's the crystal dragons. Oh, there's the dragon eggs. Oh, there's the orb things you got to collect. Oh, there's the, the gems. <laughs> that all, all, and all the gems in each level. Collect them all, like, so... There's a, that bit. But it, we're talking about a time period where it's, like, sh- development cycles were so short. Like, most of these are, like, a year apart. It's, like, yeah. this year, this year, this year. And by today's standards, you probably just look at them more as, like, expansions than, like, brand new games. But that's just yeah. how it worked at the time. You know? Yeah, because, like, I mean, We like... can just build on it. What do they add? Like, they really only add minor, like... You could say they're even, like, fr- like large-scale free updates because, like, we've seen games, like, add things that Spyro 2 and 3 added on, like, the skateboard. Like, that could have just been an addition. It was that era where it's just like, well, people are buying them. Let's just keep making them. And I think that applies here. I just don't think the whole one-year release schedule works at all anymore because we've seen that, you know, how the movie tie-ins, like, they were very... Rush games and they've stopped making those yeah. completely because they were crap and like bad games don't really sell. The reason why we're seeing so many platformers recently is because back then, when you bought a game like that, you knew you were going to be getting a amazing experience that well, you, you got your money's that. worth with. Well, you, you knew that you were going to be getting your money's worth when you bought a game like that compared to games currently, where it's like buy it now, but you're going to have to wait for more content. Back there, then, there was like. A- there was a lot of trash back then too, but I think on a on a main level, it felt like at least there was like some development team that put some effort into it. Where today, it's like there is a lot of junkware. Like it's just straight up bad games. They're not barely games. Steam. But the games yeah, that exactly. are properly covered and looked at are, for the most part, the ones that we see that are selling are the ones that have, for the most part, a lot of effort put in. Like regardless of what you feel about, let's say Fortnite, that had years and years and years of development to get that game kind of where it is, which. I kind of tweaked it the last second, but you know, it's just like yeah. that quick cash thing doesn't really work anymore. You could almost say that they're still working on the game because it's in beta. Still. Yeah. So. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, in a marketing level, like, Spyro is like, 
as much as like I would probably be willing to buy each one separately, for the most part, I think people would be like, oh, why did I buy this game for this much when it's basically the same game as the last one? Like, yeah. just new areas, but almost identical mechanics. Like, they tried. Like, you got swimming in the second one, and the third one, they go all out and like introduce like the, the Yeti and the kangaroo and Sparks doing stuff and all that kind of thing. But for the most part, it's like, oh, it's it's basically the same kind of thing. And Crash went through the same kind of ideas. It was like, let's add in all these other modes that maybe aren't as good as just the main one, but no, it's something different. It mixes it up. I feel as though they did exactly the same thing with Spyro, where Spyro 2 was the best, and they followed the path of Crash and made three more uh, vehicles and other characters instead of more of the same. I always played Spyro 3 the most as a kid, because I, I think I, I did enjoy the other ones, but I'm interested when the, the trilogy comes out, Well, whether I, I still will think that, because I think there is a very, like Jordan said, like a strong chance that the second one will be the best because it's the one that perfects the mechanics the most, <clears throat> but doesn't overdo it with all these other characters and things that just maybe aren't as good as just the core Spyro loop. It's a type of game that I think for when you're young and like really resonates with you, it's just, it's simple... And it's good to see that's back for, like, maybe the next generation who are now getting to see what Spyro and Crash is all about. When we say it's a good game, they're like, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, Skyland is is trash. Normal Spyro is the best Spyro. Well, and I mean, everyone's just capitalizing on what Nintendo has been doing forever. And Disney. Where it's like, just play to nostalgia and you're going to sell products. Yeah, like, it works every time. Don't step it too far. Don't nuts and bolts your Banjo-Kazooie. yeah. Don't change too much. Just leave the core of how it is, because that's what we want. And I reckon that's what we're going to see with follow-ups to Crash, maybe the Crash 4, Spyro, whatever. They had a lot of Spyros. Just the Banjo remake. Banjo Which remake series do we think will be after Spyro? In terms of, like, PlayStation as 3D platformers getting the redoing. Like, Activision's kind of run out of stock in that sense. I like could do Crash Team Racing. That's the one I hope for. It's not really a platformer it, though, but it would be it would be good to see true. them do that. But if you're like talking outside that bracket, like Ape Escape's the one, like one at the top of my list. Just like man, I really want Ape Escape to be represented in the, the modern world. Yeah, do do an Ape Escape game, remake it, and I, I I really do think that formula, the concept of like going around this location and catching all these crazy monkeys, like it's such a cool idea, and I think it could really work well. And if they do that crazy upraise up treatment, yeah. and I'm going to continue to beat that old horse because. Super Mario Sunshine, god damn it, that will be the best remade game, and they should work on that immediately. Nintendo, please. Wouldn't you prefer them to have a sequel instead of the remake? That's true. I would prefer either, to be honest. Because, like, I'm more likely to get a redoing, like, a HD version of Sunshine than I am for them to continue on that Sunshine route. Because, quite frankly, I'm happy with Odyssey. It does feel like it's one of those, like lost things though like the GameCube so much as it's been re-released or released elsewhere and there's still this Sunshine game sitting on that platform that just isn't getting any love anywhere why does Luigi's Mansion get the love that Sunshine deserves and someone tell me that I understand Metroid Prime like obviously that deserves a follow up but like come on I think the true one that needs to come back is Blinks. That is what Xbox should have been doing when they were releasing that augmented reality thing and doing that Conquer thing. Make it Blinks. Don't do Super Lucky's Tale. Do Blinks the Cat 3 or whatever. Yeah, That's what it should have been. That's what it should have bloody been. Blinks, Back to the Future 3. Part 3. So 3D platformers made a comeback. Spyro's coming out on November 13th. Get hyped. Because we're all pretty hyped for that. You'll definitely see Oh, the question is, more. will it actually release this time? Or will definitely. we have to wait? Will it yet all again? be on better. the same disc is the better question. That is Indeed. a good question. I don't know the answer. I hope it will, but we'll see. I'm going to go with no. Anyway, just, we're going to stop talking about 3D platforms and start talking about 
going and doing other things because we're going to wrap up this show. That's about it for the Gaming Booth show this week. This releases every single week on whatever day it does. Usually a Tuesday. Sometimes it could be any other days. It just depends on what mysterious events happen. I've been Mitch. Joining me as always has been Russell and Jordan. Until next time. If you you enjoyed this video or podcast, you can like and subscribe here on YouTube. Or if you listen to it, you can add us to that podcast list of yours. Get that list growing. Listen to all the podcasts. But especially listen to our podcast. You can find all of our content. 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 You can find all of our content at optionalextra.net. You can find us on a range of social medias. All of them. All 472 of them. We're on all of them. Thank you for watching and hopefully we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye.